You're listening to the Concession Stand Podcast on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. From movies and TV to consoles and video games. Don't let your geek flag fly with your hosts, Nick Howe and Andy Nelson. Welcome back to the Concession Stand. This is episode number 40. I am your host, Nick Howell. Sitting across from me, Mr. Andy Nelson. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm 40. You're not 40 yet. Not yet. Uh, episode number 40. We made it to the big 4-0, as they say. Yeah. So does this mean it's, it's all downhill from here? Right, it's like all it downhill. Is? We have a midlife <laughs> crisis now. Mid-show crisis? Uh, hopefully. I hope not. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> my favorite number 40, a Chicago Bear, one of the greatest running backs of all time, Mr. Gail Sayers. Yes! There's the number 40 for the week. But if we're going to be drinking some beer, we would have to maybe do it out of a 40 as we give our Stone Cold Salute. I said give me a hell yeah. Mm. Oh, ah, delicious. Yeah. All right. Coming up in this episode, we'll start out with some quick hits. We'll take a look at all of the great news from D23. You're wondering what that is, but it's the Disney Con that was last weekend. And we'll also talk about the big upcoming con where the world will be watching in San Diego. Comic-Con is this weekend. Oh. But hey, let's talk about your last week, Nick. What did you do? Oh, lots of work on the network um, as far as bringing new people on. I would like to give a warm, warm welcome to the Super Nerds UK. Uh, it's been a long road for them to get migrated over. Uh, we The trigger actually got pulled last Friday, and their feed has officially been migrated to the network. Uh, love those guys. Love their show. We now have global representation. Awesome. Andy. Awesome. Uh, long road, not necessarily. You can't really drive here from the UK. Just saying. Fair. Fair. Maybe, uh, a, maybe a water The road. Titanic tried one time, <laughs> but it didn't work out well for those guys either. So great to have the super nerds here. They do a similar show to ours, yeah. uh, just a different kind of format where they attend a lot of cons, uh, interview some really notable figures in geek culture and pop culture. So definitely give those guys a subscribe. Check them out over at orbitaljigsaw.com and wherever you listen to podcasts. Yes. Uh, one more quick thing, uh, podcast related. Uh, I am actually going to be a guest on the Blueberry Power Press podcast in a couple of weeks. Oh, we're going to talk about running a network using category podcasting, which is part of the. It's a feature of the Power Press plugin for WordPress, and uh, lots of other stuff like migrating off of SoundCloud, the current state of things with SoundCloud, that all the news that's going around with those guys. So, really looking forward to that. Uh, come follow us on Twitter, or Facebook. Definitely, we'll post that stuff up when it goes up for that. Uh, lastly, one big thing I watched that I wanted to call everybody's attention to uh, okay. was a new documentary that showed up on Hulu called Dumb, <laughs> right? And it kind of it's kind of is a one word summation of the content. Uh, so basically, there it was a magazine, a zine in the '90s around skater culture called Big Brother. Yeah. And if you read Thrasher or any of these other kind of magazines, uh, this was one of those that was like self-made, homemade. Eventually, got bought by Larry Flint and was part of the Hustler family, huh. so that they could continue to do the controversial type of content that they did. But what most people don't know is that this was uh, Jeff Tremaine, the origins and what became Dick yeah. House Productions yep. and Jackass, yeah. and all of the wonderful Jackass stuff. So eventually, they turned it into video, took it to MTV, and sold it as a show. So uh, be sure and check out Dumb. It really is a throwback to the '90s and all of the kind of stuff that we loved about geek and controversial pop culture. How about you, Andy? What did you get up to last week? Uh, I did a lot of sleeping. Um, <laughs> Catching up from the last yeah, couple of months? Yeah, uh, yeah. and the, the girls left town, so I've had a chance to just sort of relax and get some things done around the house. Um, we went out too late on Monday night, but um, before that, I did see uh, the Planet of the Apes movie, The War of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, nice. What do you uh, think? I agree with every good positive review that I read. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was a great end to the trilogy. It does bring it to a, an end. Um, I'm not going to say much more other than uh, if you're expecting a war in the Planet of the Apes, there's not much action in it. Now, there's not a big like uh, fights and there's a big action sequence at the end. Um, but this is really about uh, the character of Caesar and his sort of journey and their sort of the ape sort of place in the in the new world that they've sort of done over the last three movies. Um, I think that Andy Serkis should be nominated for an Oscar uh, for not for this movie, but sort of that body of work thing. And maybe you could even include the, the, the Hobbit work. This guy needs to get recognized for the stuff that he's done. Um, the special effects in this movie are so good that you don't know if they're real or not. 
the wow. apes and stuff like that. It's so good. It's so well done. Woody Harrelson is a great character and a great uh, performance by him. Well, I heard it was a Brando Harrelson yes. tune in from Apocalypse Now. Correct. What's that about? There's very uh, without giving plot details away. There is very much a feeling of Apocalypse Now uh, in in the movie, but um, it does. Uh, set a few things up there. There is a true end to it. Like I said, um, it is absolutely worth a viewing. I like the fact that this is a sequel that actually connects to the other two movies before cool. it, rather than just like, here's another thing that the apes do of them running around in the jungle. So okay. uh, Matt Reeves is a bona fide big time director. And I'm really excited after seeing this to see what he's going to do with Batman with Ben Affleck. Cause oh, it's, not, oh it's, that is right. Yeah. He's on the, for that. Uh, cool. it, it is, it is absolutely fantastic. Now, the other thing that happened starting yesterday, as you know, uh, we both did, uh, uh, some of the destiny Two beta. Yes. So we got a chance to get our hands on that game and how it sort of looks. What did you think of it right off the bat? Initially, of course, anytime you log into a new game, you're just going to have the wow factor of looking around going, Oh my God, everything's so pretty. And, uh, but once you run through it a few times, you realize that you're playing something very familiar, and this is a good thing. Mm-hmm. You're playing something very familiar. Uh, it's the it's a very similar kind of experience, other than the way they do the talent trees and uh, the skills. The gunplay is again very familiar, which is a, a an excellent thing. That's one of the best parts about that game. But beyond that, I didn't play it much more. I played through the story twice on a hunter and a warlock. Got to use their supers. It's cool to be Darth Hunter uh, <laughs> running around with a bow and yeah. a, that's electric and all that stuff. So it's a lot of fun. What I'm most anxious about and what I really don't want any spoilers for is the story itself. I think they learned the lesson. I think they're going to absolutely knock the story out of the park. I'm super excited to be fighting, having a big Cabal expansion or sequel. And I, I, that's the thing I'm most excited about is the story and what raids that will eventually lead to. Sure. Right? What about you, Andy? What did you think? Um, I was blown away. I loved it. I, 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 this is the perfect kind of tease for, for this game. It gave me just enough that I absolutely wanted more. They gave us, like, uh, to me, they gave us weapons that were just sort of average, but it was still kind of fun to use them and see how, like you said, how you would use your weapons a little bit differently or talent tree the way that they've designed it a little bit. I thought that the fact that you're playing along in the story and the characters that you've just watched in cutscenes are actually in your first person mode and are fighting alongside of you in this sort of first mission is awesome. I hope they continue with that. And I hope you run into these people in just regular patrols and all that sort of stuff. If they immerse you in that world, and have that world talk back to you other than just watching a cutscene, I think that makes the game that much more fun. That's something World of Warcraft and Blizzard has done extremely well and, by bringing the heroes yeah. into the game with you, expansion by yeah. expansion, and it's good to see them start to do that even as early as the beta. Yeah, I did play, as you know, I like the PvP side of it too. I played a bunch of rounds of that. I really enjoyed the, it seems a little bit sharper. Um, there's obviously new boards to learn. Um, they gave us enough of a tease on exotic weapons. It's all there, and now we're just, what, 45, 46 days away from the yeah. real game, and I mean, I'm ready. I wish it was here right now, but... It's not, and like I said, I'm going to probably just play a little bit more of the Crucible stuff for the rest of the week. I haven't run the strikes yet, but I'm going to do that, and then uh, there you go. It's actually really difficult. Good. I yeah. want that. I want it to be difficult. I don't want it to be too easy. Yeah. So there was one other thing oh, yeah. that happened on Sunday that we should probably bring up. Yeah, what kind of TV and film podcast would we be if we didn't talk about this? Now, what is that? Uh, Game of Thrones. Hey, all right. It's, it's about- back. Yes. Yes, and there's only six more weeks to go. Oh, man, can you believe that? Like, remember when we used to, like, get it in April and we could look for it for the entire summer? Yeah, ten weeks. Yeah, of it, yeah. It was, yeah, well, now it's, like, it's done in what? It's six weeks, so it's going to be done at the end of, like, August? Yeah, we're getting seven episodes. Yeah, so, like, once football season starts, Game of Thrones is over. And then, okay, then, with that, and, But then actually. winter is really coming. <laughs> yeah. But then Game winter of Thrones has is coming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's much to spoil here, so I think we can basically talk yeah. about what happened in this episode. Why don't you give it a go? Um... Well, there was there were some big moments that I want to highlight, and and overall, if if you're looking at this as a premiere episode, comparing it to the premieres of the other seasons, I think this one did a really good job of moving all of the chess pieces forward one yep. one step. Yep, just enough to get us everything in motion. That's not to say there were any huge wars or battles or turning points or nothing like that, but. Um, some things I wanted to call out. It opened up with Arya just completely wiping out the phrase. The cold open aspect of that, how it yes. all happened before we get the with the flaming throne thing yes. or the crown, right? Awesome. Whatever that contact up. sphere is thing that's yeah, spinning around sure. the rings. Um, so, yeah, just brilliantly played out. And they even described that even more after the episode of how they, they weren't going to put that in originally. Yeah. But it was so good. Yep. And it had they, more dialogue when they shot it, but they took it all out or yep. something like that, right? Yeah. For me, the biggest point of this episode was that after six seasons of watching her come into this role, we finally saw Daenerys Targaryen land in Westeros at Dragonstone, the home castle of the Targaryen family. And 
Wow. I mean, it, this is, I think a lot of people maybe didn't take this because there was a lot of heat about whether or not the ending of the episode was this that big a deal and they didn't like the, eh, whatever. I don't think you recognize that the it's taken that us six, 60 episodes. Six years. Six years, six seasons to get here to this point where Daenerys, with her army, has arrived in Westeros finally. So I also heard that in the director's cut, uh, she comes on the beach and she turns to her right and she says, Chewie, we're home. <laughs> No, wait. Oh, that's in uh, the Han Solo movie that she's Wrong. also in. Wait, it's in the Han Solo movie, which she's also in? Is that it? Is it no? If it's still going to be made, because they kicked the... Anyway, they killed the directors, and Ron Howard's doing it now. Yes, I don't want to take away from the weight of that moment. It was just as awesome as you said. Uh, my other things that I was like, whoa, where the, like, there was like the little, like, uh, little tension there between Jon Snow and his sister Sansa, right? Is Sansa making a heel turn here? I think so. Is she going to hit like hit him with a chair and like and then she's going to have an NWO shirt on right. or something at the end of it? Like is that <laughs> what's going to suck gonna... it? Yeah. <laughs> Do the X's. Yeah. Anyway, uh and it's, it's like it was all little finger. Oh, he knew it. He was right. all behind it. Uh, and yeah. and she turns out to be his manager He's or like, whatever. You're fire. Right. We took that a little far. No, we didn't. Okay. Uh, if, in case you didn't notice, uh, <laughs> there was a key foreshadowing kind of thing where um, Sansa Stark's hair was done up exactly like Cersei's in, if you go back and look at like season three time frame, where they had the two braids wrapping around almost like a crown in a way. Uh, there's a very mothering sense that's happening between Sansa and Jon Snow right now. She's trying to mother him a little bit and say, hey... Your your father and your brothers all made the same mistakes, yeah. and they're all dead. You're yeah. doing the same shit they were doing, blah, 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 blah. He's like, yeah, I was dead, too, but I came back. Yeah. I, I'm reborn. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Cersei has gone full bad guy at this point. Oh, big like, time. There is no turning back at this point. There's no good left in her. Her kids are dead. Spoiler alert from last season if you're not caught up too bad. Um, and I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm sensing like there's going to be like a Jamie thing where he's going to have to decide at some point whether he's going to take her out or you know that would it would be Arya maybe that would come and finally take her out or that's my guess but that's the thing with this show Arya could get all the way there and then like some dude will stab her in the back and then she's just dead you, you know, know like, there's only one person on the planet that knows true and that's George R R Martin well that's not true the other two guys Benioff and Weiss well, also know well I guess the rest of the crew would know because they've shot it at this point right? uh not really because it would you would think that would either happen at the end of this season or sometime in episode or season eight I don't know. All kinds of thrones. Cersei's going to die. Yeah, Game it's of, everybody's going to die. I hope so. That's got to be the end of this of this series. Is that just everybody dies? Yeah, everybody dies except <laughs> the dragons and, right, the dragons and the White Walkers. Right, right, the dragons just make their own right. world. Game of dragons. <laughs> well, hey, one more piece of news. Speaking of Weiss and Benioff, um, we now know why they're not going to be involved in any of the Game of Thrones spinoffs that have been circling around. They're going to be pretty busy. They, no time off. No, these guys don't take a break. So uh, apparently, they're going to have a new Civil War based drama called Confederate. Here's the interesting part of this. All right, what do you got? This was my little analogy to it, but this is Man in the High Castle meets the Civil War. Oh. Because the synopsis for this is an alternate reality that uh, presents itself as if the South won the Civil War, where slavery is still a thing, where Jefferson Davis actually becomes president. All kinds of stuff is going to happen where the South wins. And it's and much like Man in the High Castle where we see the Nazis take over America We're gonna or split, split it with Japan, whatever. Uh, we're going to see what the world would look like or what the U.S. would look like yeah. if the South had won. Wait, they've never done anything like this before. So wait, there's a guy who's in charge of a region, right? Yep. It's Jefferson Davis who's the king of the South. And he's trying to get over the wall to stop the white nationalists because slavery still exists on the North or whatever, and then the bad guys come, and never mind. It's the same, it's the same thing, right? <laughs> right. Doesn't it sound familiar? The same king guys? of the South! Yeah. Well, hey, Andy, I'll, we started something new last week, and I want to do it again this week, and maybe even permanently cement it into our normal format, and that is Quick Hits. Well, last week I speculated that uh, Doomfist was either on the PTR or on the live servers, but actually it was just on the PTRs. Yeah, well, you can't hit without a fist. We're talking Overwatch here. Right. So Overwatch, Doomfist is going to come to the live servers on July 27th. So a little less than 10 days, about a week from now, you're going to be able to play Doomfist on the live servers, and I am excited. I am anxious to get my hands on a true up-close-and-personal Running in guns blazing melee character. Speaking of live servers and, and people that are terrible at it, that's going to be Nintendo, our old friends. Uh, Splatoon 2, which is a big like kid multiplayer game right. that's really fun. They had it on Wii U. That comes out Friday on the Switch. And Nintendo this week, uh, like yesterday, just released their new uh, online app for your phone. So get this. Why is it on your phone? I don't know, but this is how it works. So you're going to play Splatoon, and in order to voice chat with somebody else that's playing Splatoon on their Switch in their house, you have to run a voice app on your phone. 
So how do you talk on the phone and also play a game? I don't know. I, I will have a full report about how this works. We're going to have this game this weekend because the girls love it, and we'll we'll try this out. But I'll let you know. How it, it just sounds ridiculous. It Well, doesn't everything? Never mind. Not to get into another rabbit hole with Nintendo. This is Quick Hits. Quick Hits. Uh, Dunkirk just is coming out this weekend. It was filmed entirely using 70-millimeter film. Yes. This is an absolute must-see in IMAX if you want that true 70-millimeter effect. And if you can get it in 70-millimeter projection, which we can do here, but maybe somewhere else, yeah, yeah you want to po- see it. Podunk little you know, backwoods towns are not going to be able to find it. So the beauty of 70-millimeter is being able to see it in that full yeah. uh, full range, uh, uh, fully filling out with no black bars on the screen, and IMAX is the place to do that uh, if you can. Um, just a quick note about 70-millimeter. Uh, there's a little like fan club that has some pretty big names in it of the 70-millimeter film format, some names you might have heard of. Obviously, Christopher Nolan, Quentin Tarantino, who just made that hateful eight thing with 70 millimeter, mm-hmm. whatever you want to say about it, whether that was used properly for that, uh, Zack Snyder, uh, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, and JJ Abrams are also still trying to make sure that the 70 millimeter film keeps getting used and made, uh, to keep that sort of, they've stuff got alive. their own little like fan club. They yeah. have a tree house in the back of, the, yeah. of their yards and they get in there and, mm-hmm. you know, cut celluloid together. Remember Lords of Arabia member and 70 millimeter member. <laughs> that was fun. Hey, want some popcorn? Yes. Al Pacino will be playing Jimmy Hoffa in this new Scorsese $100 million Netflix gangster epic that we've been talking about for so long now. Apparently, it took forever for Joe Pesci to sign up for this thing. Like, he was playing hardball. Because why not? You know? Why would he? What do you think? I'm like a clown or like I'm going to be in this movie or what? You you think I'm funny? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, funny how? It's a good, yeah. It's a good thing they got Pacino, though, because uh, apparently Netflix has, has said that they may lose as much as. $400 $400 million in revenue a year of the people that share passwords. Now, I know people that share their Netflix passwords. I've shared the, mine, but sure. I've never used a shared one. But that's the thing. Like, like apparently, I gave it to my parents to try it out one time. It, they're making so much money, they, they obviously don't care about it, or they'd be like enforcing this. HBO Go is another thing that probably uh, 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 deals with the password thing as well. I yeah. know they've come out and said, like, yeah, we don't care if people pirate Game of Thrones. Well, maybe they'll care if people uh, pirate ballers, because that starts this weekend. Right? Oh, look at you transitioning like a champ. Doing what I can. Oh, starts this Sunday. Um, absolutely looking forward to that one. It's going to be that show keeps ramping up and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, Stan Lee got his handprints finally. The in ultimate front of baller the in the comic theater. book world, right? Oh man, yeah. <laughs> Bala uh, in front of the Chinese theater here in Hollywood. So that just, I mean, that is you're surrounded by legends oh. at that point, and he absolutely yeah. fits that mold. Um, we we did lose a couple of legends this week uh, quickly, and it, I don't want to sort of glaze over this, but uh, George Romero, uh, the 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 Night of the Living Dead director, and arguably the creator of the entire zombie genre. There is no Walking Dead. There is no Resident Evil. There is no any zombie apocalypse talk of anything without this guy making that movie yep. and sort of basically defining what zombies are for everybody. This is a huge loss to the um, to the to the horror community. From all accounts, he was a fantastic guy and loved the fact that he was a part of this community even to this day. He was supposed to get a star on the Walk of Fame at some point this year, but now, of course, we'll get it posthumously. It's too bad. It would have been nice to have him be alive to get that. Um, that's all I'll say about that. Uh, there was one other one, uh, Martin Landau, uh, who's obviously his his Bella Lugosi performance in Ed Wood will oh, go down man. history, which, of course, he won the Oscar for. It was uh, 95, right? Yes, yeah. and uh, we lost him this week as well. So the two uh, screen legends, uh, one behind the camera, one in front of the camera, uh, we are sad to see them go. Well, he doesn't have too much long to go to catch up with those guys, but Harrison Ford turned 75 this week. What? He's old! Yeah, so instead of saying, get off my plane, it's now, get off my lawn, yeah. right? <laughs> He's, I could just see him sitting on his rocking chair on the front porch with his pack of Chesterfield non, non-filters <laughs> and a shotgun yeah. um, shouting obscenities. As long as he's not in a plane. Yeah. Well, that's Quick Hits, folks. Let's move on and talk about some TV and movies. Hey, that Harrison Ford guy never seems to go away because we got another Blade Runner trailer this week. Oh, God. It's good, right? It is it really looks awesome. good. It looks fantastic. Oh, that's all I could say about it. It has all the visuals. It has all the look. It has the, the music. They got the music right. The like tone, in the trailer, the atmosphere, oh. everything. Yeah, but and then like I know you're kind of hesitant because you hated the arrival so much, but I'm not as worried as you <laughs> are. <laughs> yes, directed by some by Pepe Le Pew, apparently yes. from <laughs> Looney Tunes Universe. 
Uh, look, I, all we had gotten to this point, or all that I had seen at this point, was the teaser with Harrison Ford coming in and right, you know the the, yeah. the the cameo thing, whatever. But it looks like he's actually going to be more pivotal in this film than I had previously anticipated. It's not just going to be a cameo; he's actually going to be guiding Ryan Gosling through this whole process. Um, I did not know Jared Leto was going to be a part of it, and he again he has gone out and done some crazy shit with these prosthetic eyes, and he's doing that thing. So I that's a that's a costumer choice too. I mean, I don't know if that's Leto's choice. Choice, but it's not as bad as Joker. after seeing what he did with Joker. I'm going to lean that it's his choice, whatever. Um, so again, we get to see him doing some crazy character. Fine, but overall, I think what I'm most excited about is that <laughs> was able to get the Ridley Scott kind of tone and atmosphere and look. I didn't see any fan shots, which are kind of trademark Ridley, but um, the that is what I'm most happy about. It feels like I'm in that same world, that same dystopian future. And you knew he grew up loving that movie, so he just wants to do it justice. You know, like if you give him the keys to the kingdom, you want to do it right. Yes. And of course, you've probably got Ridley in your back pocket sitting there going, oh, you know, you fucking do yeah, that yeah. differently, whatever. It's like, yeah, whatever, Alien Covenant. Yeah. <laughs> just counting his money. Swimming in his money like... Uh, Scrooge, uh, McDuck. Duck, Scrooge McDuck. Yep. Another trailer we saw. It's kind of kind of came out of nowhere because I'd already heard about a Winston Churchill movie, but apparently there's another one. There's a, yet another it's, one. Not called Churchill, or it's called Darkest Hour, but it's a story of Winston Churchill. But instead of being played by Brian Cox of Striker fame from X Men Two, right? And he was in Manhunter or whatever. Troy. Sure, but this is Gary Oldman playing Churchill. Yes. So that immediately has my interest. Yes. And the trailer looks great, you know? The trailer looks fantastic. He looks fantastic. Um, there's a lot of hate going around about the fat suit and the makeup effects. and Whatever. Get get over it. This is Gary Oldman playing one of the largest historical British figures of all time. And it's going to be fantastic. He's absolutely going to do it justice. I can't think of anyone else that I would really want to, to tackle this role. Do you think that at some point in this movie, like he like forgot which character he's playing of all the like the people that he's done method and like fallen into, right? So he's like in the Churchill outfit and there's like a scene they're like, oh, Mr. Churchill, we need to get cigars. Like, Who should get one? And he just goes, everyone! <laughs> you think he'll do it? Maybe. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. That's why I don't get to direct movies. I, I like the professional reference, though. That's good. That's you? really, really you? strong. One thing I wanted to call out about this is, as you mentioned previously, there's there, is there too many versions of this? Why is Winston Churchill all of a sudden getting three different... I mean, he's already been in The Crown with John Lith- Lithgow. Yep. Uh, now we're getting Brian... We've had Brian Cox play him. Yep. And now we're getting Gary Oldman playing... Why is everybody making Winston Churchill stuff all of a sudden? Why is everybody making comic book movies? It's like once one thing is done, like another studio goes, oh, we got to do that too. You know, there's a whole other Jungle Book movie that Andy Serkis made that'll never see the light of day maybe for a year or two oh. until people forget about the um, uh, the Disney one. It's done. I really like like the Warner Bro- I know it's great, but there's a. I think Warner Brothers did a whole other Andy Serkis uh, Jungle Book movie. How did they get a hold of that from Disney? I don't think like Disney owns the Jungle Book. I think they made it, you know, with whatever Rudyard Kipling's <laughs> okay. uh, estates agreement or something. Ah, like that. okay. They made a movie version of their cartoon version, and then Serkis made a version that's, I guess, closer to the book. Look it up. It, it actually exists. It's in the can. At some point, we'll get to see it. Hopefully, cool. Uh, Quentin Tarantino's ninth film has been announced, and it's going to be a horror film this time. Uh, this time also ba- his first one based on a true story around the Manson mansion and family. And okay. Um, we, we already know from a casting perspective that Margot Robbie is circling to play Sharon Tate, who is one of the more pivotal. Uh, she was the wife of Roman Polanski, a uh, famous yep. filmmaker. If you know that name uh, at the time, at least. Uh, so she's the only one that's a name that popped out as far as being cast so far. Nobody for Manson, nobody for Polanski, no other notable figures yet. So, I'd, what do you think about this? I don't know that this to go from Django Unchained to Hateful Eight to the Mansons, I and and something based on a real story. It feels very not Quentin Tarantino. I like that he's doing something different, but my issue with this is supposedly he's come out and said a million times that my next movie is my last movie, and then I'm retiring. Right? Wouldn't you want to go out like on a bang with your? With your stable of actors that have always been in your movies, like your Bruce Willis, your John Travolta, your uh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, uh, your whoever, like uh, Walt Goggins, anybody that's been in all of his movies, right? Yep. Uh, Uma Thurman, uh, Daryl Hannah, Michael Madsen, like all those, Tim Roth, all those people should be in some. You're just naming everybody from um, Kill Bill. Kill Bill and Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. Like those yeah. people are, they all sort of bounce in and out of his movies, right? And it's like this cool universe that he's created where people talk really cool and it's catchy and it's like it's. Oh, God. You've got to have a Quentin Tarantino universe now? But. It's not yes, but like what I'm getting at is it should end like it should end like on a high note I where agree. like all of that sort of comes together and they tell us what was inside the suitcase in Pulp Fiction like or something like that right? But 
now we're going to get like some fast wise talking like thing about Charles Manson that may not be historically accurate and it may be Quentin Tarantino's take on it, which I would rather see an actual movie about the Manson murders. I, like I, I don't, it's not a great subject matter, but it is a fascinating thing in American history um, about this guy. But it's been told a hundred times, a hundred different ways. Like, everybody immediately thinks, oh, cool, it's going to be the Manson murders done with all the Quentin Tarantino blood and like violence or is it i don't know i, I don't know I, I guess i'm not giving him enough credit i just wish uh selfishly that he would go out and make a final quentin tarantino style movie because he is one of a kind i completely agree i am very you know i don't want to prejudge something without knowing anything about what his intention is to do with it but i agree that this is probably not the one that i would go out with if this is in fact going to be his last film well there's another guy that's made so many movies that now they're going to make a movie about him. Oh, what do you got? One of your favorites, Steven Spielberg. Yes, 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 yes. He is getting a documentary uh, feature himself. Uh, it's going to be directed and produced by Susan Lacey, who also did American Masters. Uh, this is coming out on HBO on October 7th, so mark your calendars. But uh, one of the things to call out about this is she conducted 30 hours of interviews with Mr. Spielberg himself Wow! Uh, to really put this into a two-hour feature documentary. I'm assuming it's two hours. Um, but it's to to sit with somebody and to be able to have. I want to I want to watch thirty hours of a conversation with Steven Spielberg. Me too. I, I absolutely I, would. I mean, put we that know, in a season yeah. or something. I, I hope that we find out a little bit more about him. Everybody knows his story growing up as a kid, making movies, and you know, and then breaking into Universal, and then of course the success of Jaws leads to this, 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 this. And now he's Steven Spielberg, one of the greatest directors of all time. I hope they they tell us something that we don't know. Yeah, it's he is he has been in the public eye for the best part of fifty years at this point, sure. and it's. It's hard not to know all of those things about him. I would, rather than getting somebody's version of that conversation, I wish they would have just done it as a series and showed us the entire conversation. You know, almost like a uh, break it down in a way, kind of like how Snowden did. We got to see that whole progression of throughout his escape and everything. It was a great documentary, but it was dialogue driven with the exposition to see how way he went. I want to see all of that. I want to hear everything about Steven Spielberg. Hey, you can't talk about Steven Spielberg without bringing up John Williams, the person who scored what? 27 of his movies, 28 that, actually, or the, or the one that's coming up. Oh, yes. 28th, right? Yes. So, uh, we all know that, uh, Spielberg is making the, uh, the movie adaptation of Ready player one, a very yes. popular book that all of us geeks uh, have read and have, have liked. Um, uh, Williams will not be doing the score for that, but he will be what? doing the score for the papers. I guess there's some sort of conflict with something, Right. So Alan Silvestri, another old school, good time uh, composer who did, of course, the Avengers theme Predator. He's going to be doing the uh, the 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 Ready Player One score. So that's that's kind of interesting. Now, there was one more thing that came out this week about Spielberg that I wanted to bring up. Oh, Um, there has been a longstanding urban legend that back in the early 80s. uh, I mean, we grew up being at least me. You know how I am about scary movies. But as a Mm -hmm. kid, I was absolutely terrified of the movie Poltergeist. Right. Ghosts and weird stuff and like the supernatural. And I don't I don't think I ever saw it until I was like 14 and it still scared me and it still scares me to this day. There's some weird stuff like that crazy old Come medium towards the light. Yeah, Carolina. exactly. The medium lady. Right. Yeah. So that movie was directed by Toby Hooper, who uh, was the guy that directed Texas Chainsaw Master Massacre, but the original one. Um, the producer on that movie was Steven Spielberg. Now, there have always been these urban legends that Spielberg actually directed this movie the whole time and that Toby actually didn't direct it. And now they've come out this week. There was a person who was uh, the director of uh, the Wish Upon movie that's out now, John Leonetti. He came out and said he was a camera assistant on that movie. And he told uh, he told in an interview this week that, yes, that was true. Spielberg actually did direct that movie. Toby would come in and set up shots, but Spielberg would just sort of take charge and direct it. And that could explain maybe why it's as awesome as it is. There's a lot of little Spielberg stamps in the way that that movie shot and some of the tricks that, that, that are total Spielberg moments in that movie that makes you think maybe that was true. Now it's confirmed. Um, the other thing about this is uh, at the time, they, was, they were close to a director's strike, and Universal apparently wouldn't let him direct another movie while he was in pre-production on E.T. Ah. So he was a producer, quote-unquote, on uh, Poltergeist, but he actually directed the movie at the same time. So isn't that a cool story? I wonder that if they'll get into cool. that in the documentary. I wonder if he made more money as a producer than he would have as a director. Theory, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so win-win, yep. I guess, right? Yep. You still get your movie made and you get more. I have all the money. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. This leads into a bit of geek out time. Yes. We have got... So we know Comic-Con is coming this weekend. We're going to talk about that a little bit more later. But this past weekend, we had D23. Andy, what is D23? It's a stupid name. I'll, I'll it's tell the you, dumbest uh, name in the I, I don't, names of cons I've ever heard. There's a reason you could probably type it in Google while I figure this out. But but it is essentially it is Disney Con. 
Okay? Right. This is a convention of all things Disney that are coming up in the next year. Here's what we're doing in our theme parks. Here's what we're doing on the screen. Here's what we're doing on our TV networks. Blah, 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 blah. Now, because Disney also uh, owns everything except the Bible... They can say, like, here's what's coming up in the Star Wars universe. So we got a whole bunch of awesome stuff, which we'll get into here in a second. Um, but, yeah, that was what D23 was. So let's let's start with talking about um, the fact that they announced that there were three people that we are very big fans of that were now considered Disney legends, right? So what? So Disney legends, for the, we, don't, we haven't had non-Disney Disney legends up until this point, right? I can't confirm or deny that at this point, okay. and I'm, I fear a retraction, so I won't answer that. <laughs> okay. But it, it feels so outside the scope of the core Disney stuff. We had Stan Lee from the Marvel world and yeah. Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill from the Lucasfilm world. Correct. Uh, coming in and now becoming Disney legends. Yes. This is huge. Yeah. So they got a special ceremony. There's a great picture going around with uh, Stan Lee putting his hands in the cement with Mickey Mouse sitting there waving uh, against the, the backdrop on some kind of red carpet, some yeah. ceremony. Sure. Um, but yeah, great uh, speech by Mark Hamill again, praising his love and, and affection and adoration for Carrie Fisher and, and lots all things of other Disney. Stuff. He said as a kid he wanted to work at Disney. Oh yeah, of course. Okay, now that we got all that mushy stuff out of the way. Let's talk about <laughs> some of the really cool shit that is coming up. First of all, I want to talk about Mary Poppins Returns. <laughs> oh yes. I'm so excited about this. This is one of my favorite childhood movies, actually. Believe it's it or still not. really good. I watched it two weeks ago, and it still holds Did up. Did you really? Yeah, because the girls are watching it now. It's great. Well, you were in Europe two weeks ago. But when we got back, oh, okay. within the first like day... I was going to say, is that the I thing kept, you picked to watch on the plane? No, I kept the... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I kept the youngest one at home the day that I got home, like, and she didn't go to uh, school that day, and she said, Daddy, I want to watch Mary Poppins, oh. because she kept saying, super and like, docious, right? So... Yeah, we watched that. It's still great. Emily Blunt is going to be has been cast officially as Mary Poppins. The Perf- little, the little choice. Oh, absolutely. The little tease that they showed in uh, at D twenty three was basically the umbrella mm-hmm. raising up and revealing her face and her outfit and everything. Awesome, awesome teaser. Uh, this is going to be a sequel to the nineteen sixty four classic film. Uh, we are going to get Dick Van Dyke returning, nice uh, to reprise his role. Some other notables are Lin Manuel Miranda. So is Mar- he doing the music? Oh, that's perfect. He's oh, the Moana yes. guy and the Hamilton guy. It's yep. going to be great. Yep. Uh, Meryl Streep is also going to be it. So we're going to go ahead and give it seventeen Oscars. <laughs> Um, Colin Firth is going to be in this, and that's just a smattering. I mean, there's tons of people that are going to be in this film. Directed by Rob Marshall of Chicago. Perfect. Uh, you're talking about musical adaptations yep. of films. Yep. Nobody did it better than Rob in Chicago uh, from 2002. Yep. Look, this is coming out in not this Christmas, but next Christmas. So we still got another 18 months to go. Andy, this is going to print money. They will need to endlessly. Get, yeah, they need to. Disney just needs to get a bigger Scrooge McDuck vault for yes. all the money that they're going to make. <laughs> they need to have one the size of like Rhode Island. Oh, they just keep churning this shit out, and it's just, it's licenses to print money. We'll talk about that more towards the end. Another one, Wrinkle in Time. Uh, I never read the book. I know it's very popular. Um, this is Reese Witherspoon, Mindy Kaling, Oprah Winfrey, and Chris Pine. Hey, Chris Pine's back for another Disney thing. Remember, he did Into the Woods. He did uh, whatever other Disney things he's done. Why, uh, why but, is Chris Pine showing up in all the female-driven Because he's awesome. He's actually, I mean, like, he's... I, I like the guy. I think he's great. I think he's a I great Captain too. Kirk. I think he was great in Wonder Woman. Uh, I think he was great in Hell or High Water. I think the guy can do everything. He's, and he can to sing. To me, he's kind of right up there with Chris Pratt as the next generation of leading men in everything that's going to go forward. And I'm wondering... I'm okay with that. I, I want that. But I'm wondering if him doing all of these plot exposition-esque supporting roles that he's doing recently is kind of going to typecast him into that no i don't think so he's already he's he's think of how many different universes he's crossed over into even more than chris pratt like pratt's got guardians and jurassic community and that's it yeah but like pine has star star trek dc uh now disney's uh into the woods and disney's mary poppins because they could make more mary poppins movies if apparently this is a sequel to the original which mary poppins would be like 900 years old right but whatever so yeah he's fine keep doing it like he should have played han solo i mean why not Right, I, you know that's not a terrible idea. Actually, he could play Indiana Jones if they did a reboot of that. I think, or Pratt could. Yeah, that's true. Battle of the Chris's, and then you got Hemsworth and Evans, and then that's like my wife's dream. Anyways, yeah. uh, they're going to be the next calendar, yeah, right? The, that's coming out. The Chris's. Well, hey, let's talk about some of the animated <laughs> stuff that's coming. We got some exclusive footage shown um, of the Lion King. We didn't finally. Get it yet, though. Well, of course, we haven't seen it, but we probably will this weekend. Yeah, uh, of Lion King. This is the John Favreau. Favre- <laughs> 
John, John Favreau. 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 John Favreau uh, adapt, live adaptation, live action adaptation of the animated classic. And apparently the place lost their friggin' minds. Yeah, because they recreate the whole like um, 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 circle of life thing at the beginning of Lion King, like yep. shot for shot, but live. And like they had with, the Safiki with, like, with, with Simba, Rafiki, yeah, and they like, played Circle of Life. Oh, and yeah. I, I and can't wait. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, that every time that movie is on at my house, my wife like literally balls as soon as the do 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 like at the end when they and the Lion King words come on the screen yeah. makes her cry because the whole like the way the Circle of Life song builds up. Oh. So, yes, like every time. Like it's not just like every now and then. It's like every time we watch that opening sequence. Tear, like waterworks, yeah. right? So if they do this Flip in live action, I can't imagine. Like yeah. she may faint, pass out. I don't know what's going to happen. Well, so. here's the good news, Amy, if you're listening. Yeah. Um, you've got to wait two more years to see this because right. it's not coming out till July of 2019. So you talk about a summer summer blockbuster that's going to print money. Yeah. Disney again. I hope they've got that Scrooge McDuck vault it's, installed it's by then. It's literally every six months, every four months, there's <laughs> something that's like, okay, Beauty of the Beast. Okay, now there's Guardians. Okay, now there's this. Now there's Star Wars. Now there, it's What was the thing we were talking about? Why now? didn't we buy stock at Disney like 10 years <laughs> <Yes>. ago? <laughs> What was the thing we were talking about with Ozarks last week where they're gonna, they just gave up counting the money because they just drive it onto truck scales <laughs> exactly. now? And they just weigh it because exactly. like, I don't know. I can't count it yeah. anymore. Yeah, I think that's that's going to be Disney pretty soon. And we're not done. There's oh. more, right? So there's Aladdin that's coming. We have big news about Aladdin they now. Finally, we finally yeah. have Aladdin. We finally have Jasmine. And, of course, we have to talk about... Will Smith is the genie? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to let you go on this one. I, I don't really have a joke or two, but I just see him like coming up like, welcome to Earth. Is that what he says? <laughs> okay. He has the genie of his first yeah. one. Yeah, welcome to Earth or something like that. I, You know what? Of the available talent He's gonna be to great. do this, He's gonna he be is going to be fine. He is going to be fantastic as the genie. He will bring the over-the-top style. And charisma. And charisma and jokes and timing and everything that's necessary to pull off this role. I applaud this this casting choice. I, I think it's fantastic. Uh, that makes me question whether or not he's still going to be a part of Dumbo, as was he was circling that for a while. I don't know whether they confirm that or not, but if he's going to be in Aladdin now, it seems like he's going to be pretty tied up and not be able to work with uh, it's just old a, Tim Burton. It's just a voice in both, right? Well, yeah, he, maybe. He could, he could pull that I don't off. guess you're going to mocap an elephant, right? Yeah. <laughs> maybe he could. He, he's, he's you never no, know. He was Will Smith. Yeah, he's no Andy Serkis. Uh, right. Yeah. On the animated side, big time uh, Incredibles 2 is coming. That is apparently going to pick off literally where the first movie left off. So remember, it, it years ends, later. And like that other like big robot comes out at yes. the end. I think it starts right there. So that's cool. Uh, we've got Toy Story 4 coming. I don't know why. I don't think we need Toy Story 4. I know that the, the it's it's like McDuck Vault needs more yes. money. <laughs> but I don't think we need Toy Story 4. I thought they wrapped it up perfectly in Toy Story 3. I Whatever. Agree. Frozen 2 is was inevitable yeah, with, oh, the, with the way that that movie went. And then, uh, what, you got another Planes movie? Planes 1 was terrible, right? Well, this one's going to be in space, apparently. So, okay, ships? Well, or, they or, have to do something to go against cars. So it's... Whatever. Uh, that fine. one I don't care about. And oh, then, and speaking of Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, DuckTales Season yes! 2. Yes, it's already a go. Yeah, of yes! course. So I haven't even watched that much. There is the, this endless list of stuff that they're doing. I have not watched the DuckTales cartoon yet. I've heard it's good. It's like the animation style is way different, and they don't have the song, which immediately makes me go, I don't know. And the voices sound a little bit different. Yeah, but can't you just hit mute and sing it yourself at this point? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, wait. All aboard! Oh, there it is! Star Wars <laughs> Hot Trace leaving the station! All aboard! Man. We haven't heard that in a couple of weeks, man. Woo! But once you have once you have a Disney con and you say like, "Hey, we're going to talk about some Star Wars stuff." Guess what happens? They talk about some Star Wars stuff and a bunch of it, right? Wow! How big was that surprise when I texted you that thing the other day? Is like, have you seen this? Because I was just I was on the Facebooks and like my buddy said, "Hey, check this out," and it said like YouTube, like Last Jedi behind the scenes, and, and that your first thought is like, "That's going to be some." dumb thing that some kid made like with some pictures from something of the set I, no I, I was i was choking up i was welling up I could, the music made me just mm. this is a full-on behind the scenes thing like they did just before force awakens came out where you saw like little snippets like you see the the uh um the slate clap and it says like this and then we see behind the scenes stuff we see cameras we see like people on wires we see explosions we see ships we see uh carrie fisher hugging mark hamill like in oh. like oh 
so amazing. And these are just little snippets, which means there's got to be a trailer like right around the corner, right? It's already done. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're going to see it this weekend. I think so. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I think we will. Well, I don't know. It's only been like, what, two months since we got May? But yeah. When we got the uh, May 4th or whenever they released it for, uh, yeah. for Jedi? Maybe. I mean, I don't know. But uh, there's got to be something coming. All right? So here's, we, we've got a lot to, to run down through here. So let's let's go through some of this stuff. It's like Star Wars Quick Hits. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of like that. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy didn't come to D23 because <clears throat> she's working on the Han Solo film with Ron Howard. Okay. I roll a little bit. All right. Um, fine. I guess she wants to handhold. Fine. Apollo 14. <laughs> Starring the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> so we were talking about the expose or the behind-the-scenes featurette that they showed. Yeah. And one of the other things that came out off the back of that was a, a quote from John Boyega that I picked up on out of an article where he said, and I quote, everything is being shifted in the opposite way the audience expects, end quote. Awesome. What does that mean, John? I don't know, but also... I don't want you to change anything. Yeah, Mr. Caesar Ape himself also said that The Last Jedi is going to be an awesome movie. I think I read that, like a quote in that, you know, during all the press that he was doing for Apes. Oh, yeah. God. It is going to be so good. I, I, just, I can't wait. Anymore. I, I want to see the trailer, the official trailer, the official two and a half minutes, but at the same time, I, I don't want to see the trailer. As much as, yeah, and you just want to live <laughs> in that world, and then they come and announce that you actually can because they're going to put these crazy hotels in Star Wars land, right? Yes. Not only can you go to this park, that Star Wars land park, which officially has a name now. What is that? Called Galaxy's Edge. Okay. It's a edgy. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a 14-acre immersive experience and we'll get to that in just a second meaning that there's consequences for your actions right we hinted at this before yeah this is the thing where you're walking around the park and you might interact with someone a certain way and i'm assuming there's going to be some kind of choose your own adventure selection button that you'll make and that will trip some kind of sensor to maybe you walk up to a dark a sith lord of some sort and he will welcome you because you've selected to go to the dark side oh. or he may want to fight you because you want to be a jedi i'll fight him I, yeah i'll fight their ass <laughs> come on bring it um anyway that sounds incredible to me and the amount of effort and work that they might had to have put into this to pull this off sounds fantastic yeah i mean they shut down half of the park behind uh big thunder mountain here in la yeah and that's been closed forever while they build this this Disneyland uh, Galaxy's Edge now. And uh, yeah, like the, the the Star Wars experience, I mean, they're just turning this into what they should have turned this into. Like, I think you told me uh, at the bar the other night, like, think of like all the stuff that they've acquired yeah. and how quickly they've put all of this into motion, especially when it comes to something like Star Wars. Wait, Disney wasted no time Absolutely after not. this Lucasfilm This was a planned strategic move, like every single step of the way. And, and I, I want to take a moment to say to give a special shout out to the execs or the board or whoever it was at Disney that really had the cojones to step up and say, no, nope, fuck you. We're going to go buy Lucasfilm. Yeah. And just to, to do that and to go through with it and to pull it off for the amount of money that they spent on it. And they were like, okay, we got it all. Let's go do some shit with it. So yeah. Star Wars movies, Star Wars park, Star Wars hotel. Yeah. And then they, they also got that <laughs> other Marvel thing that they acquired too. That's worked out well. Holy smoke. So whatever, whoever is running sh the show over at Disney, you guys are absolutely killing it. Please don't stop. Please continue to swim in your Scrooge McDuck vault of cash that you're going to continue to make for the next unknown number of years. I mean, the big the big head of Disney, Bob Iger, is probably the guy that will take all the credit yeah. and probably deserves the most. So kudos to him, I guess. Yeah. Like he needs kudos from us. Right. Who are these concession stand guys? <laughs> assholes. Hey, I just mentioned the Star Wars <laughs> Hotel a second ago. I want to yes. give you a few details on this. Please so, do. There's no opening date. It's assumed at this point that, the, uh, that it is going to be at both parks, and it's assumed that it's, these hotels are going to open at the same time as the parks open in 2019. It would make sense, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, you would hope so. But here's the thing. When you, op when you go into your room, there's costumes in there for you what? to wear. You can dress up and cosplay and walk around this Starship-themed Hotel. Does that mean you can like LARPing at Disney World live action role play? Is that kind it? of, yeah. Like, not with the swords, but in, in but your hotel. Oh. So it's kind of like going to a cosplay convention oh hotel of people in. Co so maybe you could be like Guido or uh, I don't know. Maybe Greedo? there's the Cantina. The Greedo or the, Greedo. Or, I'm sorry, not Guido. Or, or the Italian bounty hunter. Hey. Or the Italian. <laughs> The Italian bounty hunter Guido. Yeah, he got he's got pizza yeah. and you know it's a me Guido. Yeah, it's a Guido. There was a quote from a TechCrunch article by Matthew uh, Panzerino that I had to throw in here. Another, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> basically, this uh, quote, basically, this Star Wars meets Westworld 
minus the murder and dubious sexual politics. Oh, well, of course. End quote. <laughs> uh, just fantastic. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. Take my money now. Please, Disney. Wait, you already did. Okay, so here... I wonder if there's eventually going to be a ride at the Disney theme parks that you could pay $100 to swim in the Scrooge McDuck vault of cash. Uh, that would be that's actually a thing. Think about that. You could do that. You could yeah. make a big Scrooge McDuck vault, but you instead just of dive off, but it's like plastic monies, right? Yeah. Like like a you know like the ball pits at like showbiz or, like, or like Chuck E. Cheese's. You know, remember how they had like I wouldn't the, want to like springboard off a 40, 40 meter <laughs> diving board into plastic. It'd be funny to watch. Yeah, it would. It'd be a good jackass episode. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we talked about Marvel before. Yeah, there, the, Marvel had a big presence at this D twenty three thing as well. The biggest thing that happened, which we didn't get to see, and again, we're hoping this comes this weekend at mm-hmm. Comic Con. They did do a huge uh, reveal of an, like an Infinity War like trailer or teaser trailer or something, right? And there were scenes that had I'm talking everybody in it. Yes, uh, Thor and Captain America and Iron Man and Doctor Strange and Hulk and everybody, Guardians, every, yeah. every Guardians, like all these guys are in the same movie. It's like the Marvel fan and comic book fans like dream that this would actually happen, and like. It's too much for my brain to actually process all of these people being in the same movie, but it's going to happen, and I can't be more excited about it. The other thing they did to just sort of like really make me crazy was they put a they put all of these actors, what they think except Chris Evans, um, he was and, not there, but everybody, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, everybody, Jeremy, You're gonna be Renner, here for the next half hour. If you try I know to name them all. all of them were on the stage <laughs> yes. at the same time in one picture. Which just is like, oh my goodness, I couldn't believe that what I was seeing. And even Kevin Feige called out and he said he was like, I'm even geeking out right now because this yes. is the first time in years that we've ever we've had everybody on stage. So cool. And yeah, I mean, they might not have all been on set at the same time just because they, you know, I don't know if there's a shot where they're all in it, but I doubt it. But yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing. And we're probably going to see everybody. Yeah. All of them, all of them. All sometime of them. this weekend in Hall H. Well, I can't wait. Uh, we are all chomping at the bit to see some Infinity War footage or some kind of trailer. I'm really banking on the fact that we're probably going to get that this weekend. I think they might have held on to it to uh, to show us the real deal this yeah. weekend. Um, one last thing, speaking of the Avengers, um, Mark Ruffalo came out, and I don't want to read too much into this. He was asked if there would ever be a Hulk standalone movie. Yep. And a lot of people that don't understand the back workings of studios and agreements and all that kind of stuff, uh, Universal Studios actually owns the rights to Hulk. All right? uh, so Ruffalo kind of slammed Universal in saying that, quote, they don't know how to play well with Marvel and that there will never be a standalone Hulk movie as long as Universal holds it. I don't know how end quote. I don't know how much I read into that or believe that, but frankly, I don't know if we need a Hulk standalone movie at this point. The other two haven't exactly done well. So, okay, here's what I'm thinking about. Uh and, and I know we talked about this before the show, but now I'm actually running this in my brain and I don't know if this is actually true. Because yes, if you take the Ang Lee Bad Hulk movie out of the equation, there was the two thousand eight movie with Edward Norton or two thousand whatever it was. It was okay. Yeah, but that was a Marvel movie. Was it? Yeah, but it was released through Universal, and it was just Hulk. Oh, so they did right? the distribution. But they had, you know what the crossover character from that movie to the other movie was? Uh, William Hurt uh, oh, as, uh, as, as General Ross. Ross, right. Remember, he shows up at the end of one of the uh, movies where he meets Tony Stark in the bar and says, like, oh, we got to talk about this Avengers project or yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes, I guess maybe there could be another Hulk movie, but I don't know if the Hulk can be in with the other characters. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, maybe... Uh, the villain of that Hulk movie was the Abomination, which is a Hulk villain. Remember when we talked about the Spider-Man villains being owned yes. by Sony? So I think that, yeah, they could do a standalone Hulk movie, but who's he going to fight? And, and there's Marvel or Disney has no way of really stopping them from making another one, just right. like they can't stop Fox from making another Fantastic Four or, or X-Men, X-Men or exactly. you know exactly. whatever. Spider, or, uh, Spider-Man with Sony, right? Yeah, it's too bad that they all can't just make a big handshake agreement and everybody gets all the money and they just do what the fans want. But I get it where... Universal, like, we got the Hulk. We got to hold on to that as long as we can. It's, and Sony's like, we got Spider-Man. We got to hold on to that as long as we can. It's such a valuable property. I get it, but, you know, eventually. I, and I think the point that Ruffalo was trying to make was a, a kind of poking the bear a little bit. Like, yeah. look, guys, everybody get along. We're all in the same city. We're all trying to do the same thing. We all want to make a truckload of money. Yeah. Let, let's go. Let's get, Let's all get along here. And I, I think he. I think that was the whole point of him doing that. All kinds of crazy, awesome stuff coming out of DisneyCon, if we call it that, or D23. Uh, but you know what? All- I'm, I'm not calling it D23 anymore. It's DisneyCon. Disney, fine. All eyes are now going to be focused on just two hours south of here. Literally but, starting now. Yeah, it's hap- it already happened. Like It opened tonight. Uh, it's Wednesday night here. Yeah. But yeah, it opened tomorrow. The real festivities kick off at San Diego Comic-Con. 
this is a big deal. This is like the biggest thing that happens for us each year uh, for news and all kinds of upcoming things. We need to go talk about this in the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. So, Andy, as you were saying, all eyes are focused south in San Diego this weekend on all of the goings-on. There are uh, tent circles. There are all kinds of things going on, people camping out, trying to be the first, for whatever reason motivates them to do so, to be in line to see the whatever they're going to see. Uh, so the Game of Thrones stuff starts tomorrow, I believe, so people are camping out already for that. We got some news tonight hot off the press that uh, from Telltale Games, who did an early Wednesday night preview of certain things. But we kind of wanted to talk about Comic-Con. And yeah. um, really, since you, uh, you went last year as part of a some show. With Kevin Smith. With we Kevin did, Smith, We, we did the right. Geeking Out show, and I was down there, and I got all kinds of unprecedented, crazy access to this thing. And, and so, bo- so what's it like? Okay, For so, people that have never been to San Diego uh, Comic-Con, can you give us an idea of what, it, what it's like? Full disclosure, I am, as you know, I am a huge comic book fan, have yes. been for years, right? And I have lived two hours from Comic-Con since 2003. I have never been. Wow. Never been. Um, I had been to a number of comic conventions here in L.A. and in Anaheim and, you know, like standard cons, right? There's a comic book thing. There's a bunch of things. And, and then uh, there's a couple of uh, uh, stars that come out and do autographs. And there's a couple of panels. Big deal. Hey, maybe Adam West is at this one. God rest his soul. But, you know, the, like yep. it was that. But Comic-Con to me was always this like it was too far away. It was impossible to get a hotel room. It was it, I'm, I'm a bit claustrophobic as far as big crowds go. So it, while it would be cool to be around this and see it, I never went as a fan. Last year, I had the chance to go and have this sort of like quick access in and out of things uh, because of working on that show. And I saw what it was. It is a giant convention center, um, but it's not just inside. Every sort of piece of property, yard, lawn, whatever, around this thing is just littered with exhibits and ads. And here's what's coming from Fox. And here's what's coming from this. And here's what's coming from that. And here's like everybody. It's just what you'd expect. You've seen the the documentaries. Everybody's in costume. Everybody's like in the best mood ever because it's the celebration of just like all things geek. It's amazing, right? So as a fan now, you don't have to wait and find out what happened there because now they have these things where you could literally watch what's happening in Hall H online live as it happens. Takes a bit of the the uh, the mystique of it away, but at the same time, I think it sort of opens it up and lets you be a part of it, even if you can't go. Yeah, that was going to be my point. Is it's access? It's it, for a long time there, at least the last ten or so years, it's been this kind of exclusive, yeah. super secret. Yeah, we'll take your phone and bash it with a sledgehammer if you record the trailer and post it online. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe that's a little too far, but. Yeah, you get my point, right? It was, it's supposed to be. Now they've opened it all up. They've Twitter has partnered with IGN to live stream everything, uh, so you can be able to. You can go to comiccon.twitter.com to pretty much see all of their coverage and everything that's happening live on stage, panels, you name it. They have opened up the doors uh, to the internet, actually, so anybody can sit at the, on their couch and watch this stuff. I think there's even an IGN app. That I'm going to go confirm after we're done yeah, recording here. I think there is. That I'll be able to watch all yep. of the stuff this weekend. So, do we have to go anymore? And and what what I mean by this, where I want to go with this is, how is this? We we've laid out what it happens at this place, but how is this different than other cons? Why is it such a big deal in the world of geeks? San Diego Comic Con was always the big one, and I think over the last ten years or so, like we've talked about. Rather than this, this just being like a comic book convention, I feel like this started like five or six years ago. When once the once the comic book movies really started, yeah, I feel like that's when it became like, all right, here's like Robert Downey Jr. on stage talking about Iron Man two with Mickey Rourke. <gasps> oh, we were in Hall H. We were the first people there. This is amazing. Like, oh my goodness, picture, picture, picture. Everybody sees it. Like, and we're going to show you the trailer right now. Ah, cheering audience, and like it, you get this big buzz for. And a in the back, marketing people are going. Hmm. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And now everybody, and this is not a bad thing, but no. this is just what it's become. Every single studio, like for instance, on Saturday, it's the big day. Saturday is the day that like Warner Brothers is going to do like, here's all of our stuff coming up for the DC universe. And I'm sure they're going to have Cavill and Gal Gadot and Affleck and all those people uh, and and Jason Momoa all standing on that stage because they don't want to be outdone by Marvel. And they're going to be like, by the way, here's the new Justice League trailer, right? And then Marvel's going to be like, oh, yeah, by the way, you've heard all about that Infinity War trailer for a week since we did it at D23 last year. Disney here's, Con. Yeah, Disney Con. Here's everybody from the Marvel Universe on the stage at the same time. And then we're going to show you the Infinity War trailer. Ah, right? We still don't know what's going to happen. Like, is there going to be 
a drop of the Star Wars Last Jedi actual trailer? Yeah, we got the behind the scenes thing. We don't know. That's what this has become. It's not necessarily about like, okay, like you should talk to these guys because Batman number 27 is coming out. And like, this is like, you won't believe yes, the story those, they're going to tell. Those panels exist because it's a huge convention hall and you can go sit and listen to the writers of this comic and this comic and the artists of this comic and this comic talk about stuff. You could still go on the floor and they still have artists signing sketches and drawing stuff for you. There's still the places you can go and just buy old issues of like, I'm looking for that one issue of Dr. Fate from blah, 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 blah. Actually, there was never a Dr. Fate comic. Um, Dr. Strange. Uh, and, and you could find it, and you can, you can haggle and get a good deal on it. That still exists inside of this, but yeah. on the outside, this has become the Super Bowl, I think, of, of geektainment. All the stuff that we talk about on this show, every single thing, even with a hint of video games, yeah. even though we didn't talk about it that much this week, there will be some video game presence there. Well, what was the first thing they announced tonight, literally, as we're sitting here recording, is Telltale Games right. doing Walking Dead. Walking Dead, comic uh, book. Yep. Batman, comic book. Wolf Among Us, comic book. But video game adaptations. Correct. Right? But so it still even the video games are thing. into it. This is the, to me, this is the biggest celebration of superheroes and larger than life characters and like you know like archetypes that we love the reason we like all things geek that's what this weekend is all about and we're going to hear about all the cool stuff that's coming well here's my question for you to play devil's advocate a little bit um have they undone the purity of because you said you could still go around and do a lot of this stuff but none of that really gets any press have they undone the purity of the comic book trade show convention where you go and meet and get some one-on-one or sign a picture and all of that stuff has even though they still do some of that have they taken like jeff johns isn't going to be sitting at a table signing comic books right right because he's going to be too busy doing movie shit probably sure and like 10 years ago i met jeff johns at a comic con up here exactly and he like it was him and mark wade another great comic writer they were just walking around like oh hey how's it going so has the marketing machine for the studios kind of undone or broken the purity of what comic con used to be Uh, that's a really good question. That's a really good point. I think it's turned all of those creators into movie stars themselves, which is kind of a good thing because they were that's all kind of cool. But they were, you know, like, oh my god, there's Jim Lee. There's the guy that drew X Men number one. You know, like there's the guy that drew the Batman Hush. That's Jim Lee. He's in charge of this. You know, I met him last year because I was doing a thing for a show. But you wouldn't be able to just walk around and be like, hey, there's Jim Lee. You know, it, would, yeah. it just wouldn't happen. These guys are are shuffled through the back alleys of these convention halls and brought into panel rooms and given a bottle of water and then they go to the next thing. You know. Um, yeah, I, I, you're right. I think there may be a bit of the the access to the talent, whether it's the actors, whether it's the artist, whether it's the the, the whole spirit of the thing. It is Comic Con. Yeah, it's not cool movies and TV dot con or whatever. Right. So yeah, or it's twenty three. It's a really good point. Like, what do you think? I mean, you you get excited about it. You're not the comic book fan that I am. I, I get excited about it because because I, I want to see all of the stuff that they're up there, and that's exactly the reaction they want. They want everybody. It's all hype. It's just, if you go back and listen to our Believe the Hype episode, this is a big part of the hype machine. I would. This is the biggest day for I hype. would bet a year's salary that it's written into the contracts of yeah. some of the stars of these films Absolutely. that they have to appear at Comic-Con or make certain appearances certain places as part of presser tours and things like that. So it's that big now where they're banking millions of dollars on this event for the outcome of building hype. And that's literally what it comes down to me. So where I come back to, I used to go to a lot of, so you were into comics. I was into baseball cards. Yeah. I used, to go I used to go to a ton of baseball card shows in the early 90s as a kid. And, and it's, it's the same kind of thing. If you go to gun conventions or credit baseball card conventions or comic shows or anything like that, it's guys sitting around at tables with the rare things like you said, yep. right? Now, with these, it's taken all of the focus away. It's removed the, the people that were larger in life that what, that to us that were accessible now they're not. Yeah. And now you probably have to pay 10 times as much to do the exact same thing that you did 10 years ago. Even if you don't care about, it's impossible not to care about it. Even if you don't care about the stuff that's going on in Hall H with all the big previews and the panels and stuff. I guess, you know what? Uh, okay, I'll give you this analogy. Not necessarily playing devil's advocate, but I'm going to put this back in your wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, this is a, a trade show. It is. It's, but, and you have been, you have been to uh, trade shows like BlizzCon as a fan. We've talked about Absolutely. that before. But you've also been on the other side of it. You've worked trade shows Big time. as a tech person, and you've presented, and you've done these sort of things, and you've been sort of on the other side of the table on these things. Yeah. So how do you see that from a, from a person who's been a part of these conventions? Uh, what do you, what's your take? Uh, like, where do you, where do you t- tell me your experience this on that. This is a great question. Uh, I, so I'm, I'm so glad you asked this. 
Um, as someone who has done a lot of public speaking at these shows, sat on a lot of panels and asked questions, yes, the content was different, but the experience is similar. There's not, you know, IGN isn't running around waiting to talk to Nick Howell about, you know, the next piece of tech that's coming out. But what is the coolest thing, the coolest thing about presenting or sitting on a panel or anything like that is answering someone's question and solving someone's problem. Yeah. Uh, from the tech perspective, that was always the most rewarding feeling. So I can see from the perspective of the stars of some of these properties and the marketing departments and the studios and everything to continue to build this hype, their job is to continually keep people excited about their products that are coming out. That's also part of the tech world. That's, That's also what you part were trying of, to do. I get this people is excited product. about yeah. what's coming next. That's what they're doing. That's, That's what, what they're doing. We don't look at these as products because it's not a business thing. This is all entertainment and fun. But right. it, at the end of the day, these are all products. The that names are just to, different. Instead yeah. of Warner Brothers, it's IBM and HP and NetApp and <laughs> exactly. EMC exactly. and Dell and exactly. those guys, right? So yeah. uh, it's it's kind of the same stuff. But the perspective of doing it on from the, the stage versus sitting in the audience is so rewarding and being able to share that stuff and having that little nugget of inside knowledge that nobody knows yet and then you get to spew it out and everybody goes oh my god yeah that's cool i guess like yes having gone last year like it was neat to see it for the first time yeah um i i could tell that even if you didn't have a ticket to get in the building if you just figured out a way to find parking there like let's say you lived in san diego you could drive back to wherever you lived i take an uber that night you know to la yeah, but you sure. know you see what i'm getting at yeah. like you could you could at least go down and experience and get like the sense of it think of it like a fan fest for like a sporting event that's kind of the idea um i guess the I do have family in La Jolla, by the way, if we wanted to swing that. We there could, you go. We could go one weekend. Anyway. I guess what I want to get to, uh, lastly, is tell me three things that you're excited for to uh, come out of this Comic-Con, and then I'll give you my three, and then we'll wrap it up. They're probably going to be the same, honestly. Uh, Infinity War trailer, Last Jedi trailer, and I want to know more about the Defenders and when all of that. Pun- I'm sorry, not Defenders, Punisher. Cool. I want information on Punisher. We got a poster recently. There's a date. Uh, there is a date, and we saw a poster with uh, Barenthal up there mm-hmm. uh, just looking badass. It looks amazing. Uh, I want to see some kind of information, teaser, or trailer, if you get that far, of Punisher. I'm really, really excited about that series. As disappointing as the um, Iron Fist stuff was that I watched recently in Luke Cage, I want to see Punisher get back to the that universe. I'm going to go, yes, on Infinity War trailer. I agree with you on that. I definitely want to see the new Justice League something. they got to give me something here. What else can they show you other than the... A new trailer, a new something. Like, like give me some like something really cool. Yeah, but aren't you scared of seeing the new one if, if, as bad as the other one was? I don't know. I just, with Batman I, on a horse? I, I need to know. I need to know. So I, maybe I need to know so I can get excited or not get excited. <laughs> so what did I say? Uh, Infinity War and Justice League. And the other one that I'm really wanting to see is that in the 20th Century Fox... Um, thing tomorrow morning at like eleven thirty our time. I wonder if we get a Predator trailer. Ooh, the Shane Black Predator. I would like to see that. That's something. This I really soon want to you think they've got that done already? Something teaser. Something. I want some images. I want some moving pictures about this you movie. Just hear the yeah, yeah, exactly. You know. That's good. Oh, thank you. Um, and then, of course, on the comic side of me, I'll read about all the stuff that's coming. But, but um, well, yeah. on the comic side for the fans that read comics, for the listeners that read comics, uh, what are some of the big properties or storylines that are coming that people should look out for? It's the the Disney or the Disney, <laughs> the uh, the DC Universe Rebirth stuff that's coming, uh, the Marvel Secret Empire stuff that's coming. It's their big crossover events that are coming this summer. We'll hear more about that. Is Comicsology still the place to read um, digitally? For me, that's that's the way I, that's the way I go because you can buy it through Amazon. You know, um, it's there. There will be a lot of things that they're going to announce that are going to do like uh, uh, gateways back into things. Like they'll renumber things for number one to uh. to try and get new new people in. I guess, and that's that's kind of what I want to talk about to wrap it up. Yeah, I think um, you know I'm forty. You're pushing forty this year. I think you should see it at some point in your life just because it's cool. Um, I'd like to go back down, not for me per se, but I'd like my daughters to see it because it's just, uh, it's like all of these things in one place. It's just too much like um, sensory overload. And it's so amazing to see all these things in one spot. So if you have the chance to go, and it's obviously easier for people out here on the West Coast to get course, there because you yeah. can go by car, but you know, there are people that fly all over from the, all over the world to see this stuff. Yeah. So I guess in closing for me, uh, I love this weekend because it's a celebration of all the things that I love, all the things that you love, and we get to see the little previews of more things we're going to spend money on. And, and if you're listening to the show, it's probably all of the things you love as well. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, hey, happy Comic-Con weekend to you. Happy Comic-Con to you as well, Mr. Nelson, and uh, to all of you listeners. By the way, we need to talk about a couple of little things to wrap the show up here. All right. Did you hear 
that Atari ah, yes. is having a console rebirth. Oh, yeah. Rebirth? Is that the word? Sure. Reboot? 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 Rebirth? Reboot City! Uh, yeah, it's something. So, not to be outdone by Nintendo and Sony and Microsoft, uh, Atari is back. Okay, so they... And we've yeah, only seen a picture of this thing, right? right? So, it's like a small, like, yeah, it's the wood panel, like, thing with the black and the gro- grooves in it, right? And it's got an oh. a- a- HDMI input out of the back of it. We haven't seen a controller or anything like this. I will say this. So I got one of those like Atari retro flashback things you can get that you plug into your TV that comes with the joystick. And I was like, I was like, oh, this is cool for about five seconds. And right. like, these games are like, while it's somewhat nostalgic, it's like it's like me playing Altered Beast on my iPad, but not even. I mean, we're talking like we're talking <laughs> 1980. Like, like I can't think of like an Atari game that I would be like, I want to like Space Invaders. E. Maybe he's e. the worst game ever. Made. I want to I see what how bad that I, really I, is. I remember playing it. It's horrible. <laughs> So I guess you can go dig up a copy in the desert so somewhere. They're 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 sort of leaking this stuff. They're getting you talking about Atari again. They're getting you talking about this thing. We don't know about it that much. Maybe we'll see something about it in this weekend. But yeah, Maybe. that's exciting that there's going to be an Atari thing, right? Yeah, kind of. I I'm more concerned whether it's going to be a retro console or is it big enough and beefy enough to support modern day gaming. Ah, yes. So I guess that will lead us now to our lightning round. Since you said you played Atari, and since you remembered playing so many games and how horrible E.T. was... Did you play Atari? Not really. I played Joust with a neighbor one time. But I, by the time I got a hold of an Atari, I, I already had an NES, and it was game over. Okay. I want you, for this lightning round, to name as many Atari games oh. as you can. Huh. Go. Joust? <laughs> um, <laughs> Combat Space E.T. Invaders, Air Sea Battle, uh, Maze Craze, uh, uh, Night Driver, uh, Yars Revenge... Uh, Pitfall, Jungle Hunt, uh, um, uh, Star Wars Empire Strikes Back game, uh, Pac-Man, uh, basketball, hockey, uh, baseball, football. They did all the sports. <laughs> um, uh, uh, River Raid. Um, uh, that's all I can come up with right did now. Did you say Miss Pac-Man? Oh, Miss Pac-Man. There's a good one. Um, you missed probably one of the most popular ones. Which one? Donkey Kong. Oh, uh, did they have it? Uh, they did. Yeah, they it was did. the yeah, original they did. Yeah, Donkey Kong. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, it was, and yeah okay. So, yeah. There was also the original Mario Brothers game that was That's available right. on Atari. That's right. And it was not with a with a Donkey Kong in it, or was That's it? That's correct. Uh, yeah. uh, Missile Command yep. was Missile one Command of my favorites that I remember playing. There yep. was also a game called Tempest. Yes. It was really good. Um, did you say Defender? Oh no, that was one of my favorites. That though. was one that of was, the better ones. That's yeah. where you flew like left and right, and you picked up little like sprites of people. Or was that the Chopper one? Chopper. Uh, it was kind of like Chopper, but Defender was fly left and right on a ship, and you pick up little people right, before right, they right, right. off the ground and try to get them to a ship. Yeah. Wow, that was pretty good. I'm, I'm impressed with that. Uh, Centipede, Galaga. Uh, what else did they have? There was all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I played a lot of it. Obviously. Oh, here's one you didn't say. Nah. Cubert. Oh, I yeah. love Cubert. Yep, yep, Cubert. Oh, that was fun. Are you ready to go watch some Comic Con coverage? First, I gotta I gotta take a nap. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I can't wait to watch it tomorrow uh, and all weekend. Honestly, let's. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about Dunkirk this weekend. Yes. Excited about Valerian, even though it's not getting great reviews, but I still want to see it. Well, guys, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, as I said earlier, please give a warm welcome to the Super Nerds UK. Subscribe to yes. their show. Check them out. We're really excited to have them on board. Check out some of their bonus episodes, especially where they have some really super cool interviews with, the, for example, Jeanette Goldstein from Alien oh. Lore, Vasquez. Nice. Also, check out The Dirty Bits, mm-hmm. one of my favorite new podcasts that has also recently joined the network. Uh, that's hosted by Tawny and George Plattis and yeah. is a history-based podcast that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Leave us a review on the iTunes store and let us know what movies or video games or anything that you're excited to hear about this weekend at Comic-Con and come chat with us on Facebook. We'll be there posting all kinds of stuff all weekend. And they can also chat with us on Twitter now too, right? Yes. Oh, thank you for reminding me. So this is big news. Um, For about six months now, I've been pursuing the person that has owned the at concession stand Twitter handle that's been inactive since 2010. And I finally got a hold of them and they finally relinquished it. So come follow us at concession stand on Twitter. Awesome. And so we're, we're using that one primarily. Now we were using the at orbital jigsaw one. Yep. All of our stuff's going to be on at concession stand going forward. So we got Twitter, we got Facebook, all that good stuff. Come chat with us. You're going to see us get more and more active. Dig Dug is the one I was trying to ah, remember. Yes, Dig Dug. Yes. Of course. All right. Oh, well, I'm Nick Howell. You can find me over on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I'm Andy Nelson. You can find me at Andy Nelson76, also on Twitter. You can probably find me sitting on the couch watching Comic Con stuff all weekend. Yeah, and yeah, expect a bunch of articles to be coming from that concession stand <laughs> Twitter app this weekend, right? Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, we will see you next week with our post show on Comic Con. 
But until next time, later. Bye. This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.